everybody. This is Jeff. And Kelly. And uh, welcome to Popcorn for Dinner. Uh, today, we're going to talk about a little game that I found. I know I sent it to you, but I don't know mm-hmm. if you saw the post on our movies where this was posted. I did not. Uh, yeah. Um, it's, uh, you know, the comic XKCD, like stick figures. And yes. There yes. Lots of pop culture talk and science. And yeah. All sorts of zaniness. That's what this whole like unpopular positive opinion challenge mm-hmm. is what the cartoon was. Basically talking about liking stuff that people don't like. Yeah. As opposed to hating stuff everyone likes. It's hard. The, right. the quote under it is people talk about their unpopular opinions about movies. They usually mean hating something everyone likes. Right. But liking something everyone hates is much harder. Yeah. And there, you know, there's a little comic someone talking about one of the Terminator sequels. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like. Yeah, name a movie that one you genuinely like. So not so bad, it's good. The second rule is kind of arbitrary, but came out in your adult life post 2000, which mm-hmm. is like, okay, well, for one, I was 11 when the year 2000 happened. Yeah. So it's like, it, it, that's, that's not my adult yeah, it, life. It's like, it really cuts it down. Yeah. And also, I've seen this movie. Like the, at least the movie I picked, but the movies mm-hmm. that I like that other people don't like mm-hmm. that I've seen at any point in time. I've seen them as an adult. And then the third point is uh, it has to be rated below 50% on Rotten Tomatoes, which is a good way to, you know, yeah. there's a meter that you got to follow. Right. And we specifically use the tomato meter, not the audience rating. Yeah, because the audience is stupid. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess we will start with uh, start with the movie that you are going to defend. Because I could only come up with one. Because <laughs> I haven't seen nearly as many movies as you have. So I don't have nearly as many movies to defend. So my pick barely follows the made after 2000 rule. Mm-hmm. It has a 34% tomato meter rating. Okay. And a 68% audience score. Okay. So the, the audience liked it. Didn't love it. Literally twice as much as the critics, yeah. <laughs> but still not a... Not beloved. Right. It came out March 17th, 2000. Do you know what movie it is? I mean, no. <laughs> <laughs> Final Destination. Oh, shit. Yeah. You're kidding. I wish I was. <laughs> I am so upset about this. That's horrid. Right? I'm telling you, man. It's awful, because like... Yeah, the sequels weren't that great. The sequels were garbage. <laughs> yeah. It, yeah, it devolved there, into garbage. Yeah, there were a couple good parts kind of speckled throughout some of some of them. Yeah. Some of them, it was just garbage from start to finish. Oh, yeah. Okay, I, <laughs> to amend a previous statement, mm-hmm. there are moments in The Final Destination where it's so bad it's good. <laughs> the fourth one. And then Which, that racist guy died. They, Literally right. describing that's a character right. as that racist guy because you yeah. know the audience won't know his name. Yeah. Because <laughs> he's given no fucking characterization other than he's racist. He's super guy. racist. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That was, oh my that God. was the. Uh... Oh my God. The, the one dude who keeps trying to kill himself, but it's not <laughs> his time. So he keeps failing, like trying <laughs> to hang himself. Cookies? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And then he comes out of the oven with cookies. Oh my god! Like it's oh. it, you almost feel like they had to be in on it, but at the same time, it's so bad that you're like, yeah. you. I don't think so. <laughs> I don't think they were in on this at all. I mean, a little bit. Yeah, the movies are clearly pulpy and ridiculous once you get to two and three and four and all that shit. Right. But how 
ridiculous and like stupid that one it it pushed it it pushed over that barrier mm-hmm. where it's just like what are you doing you're not even like actually trying and making a movie anymore yeah because that first one is fucking legit yeah it is i was curious as to what the critics had to say yeah why they they rated it because that i i um, will completely admit and i'm sorry i don't mean to like interrupt no it's all okay, the go time. ahead i will admit that like i saw that movie like on dvd when it came out I, you know i didn't go and see it in theaters or mm-hmm. anything like that so the latest i probably saw it was like 2001 so i was 12 13 maybe mm-hmm. right. so i understand the idea of like it was super cool to you yeah but especially in the face of all those sequels revisiting it mm-hmm. like I, I don't recall exactly when it's been some time in the past five six years or so i feel like we watched it together yeah it's very possible around the time we went and saw because we saw a couple of the sequels yeah we did theaters. we did so like looking back on it it's like that that movie takes itself so seriously for oh. the best oh yeah but it's still funny it, yes. It still has some hysterical parts in it. That was some of the complaints was like, is it a comedy or is it a horror? Like, oh, come on. Really? That's what you're going to complain about? This one person says becomes little, little more than a typical, if highly atmospheric slasher film, complete with the cheesy dialogue and gimmicky conclusion. That's I'm not even going to like necessarily go like line by line against all these critics and like mm-hmm. defend it. But you sit there and you look at that movie and how fucking cool it was as a concept where it's like, dude, from the start, it's a slasher movie. Yeah. That's like the whole fucking thing. It's just that the slasher is death. The slasher is this like uh, this, this ethereal thing that isn't really there, but it's there, but it's not, it's like, Like it's, it's, you can maybe sometimes catch a like, Something there's like the shadows. Your eye. Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's but a, it's never like directly in someone's view unless it's like right before they die, I believe. I don't even think there's that. No. Yeah. There isn't. It's always, it's always out it's of just view. Like, and, it's just wind and, and, yeah. and uh, happenstance. And mm. it's so, so interesting. It's like Freddy Krueger, but way more terrifying because it's just like, it's just going to happen to you. Yeah. It's not even a thing where it's like, oh no, there it is. Let me run. It's like, nope. Yeah, there's just here it comes. Yeah, there's there's <laughs> literally no escape except for being put in a padded room. Apparently. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure there's movie inspirations that they pulled from, mm-hmm. but there's just there's so much originality to it. W- one of the things with slasher movies is that it's like the whole point is the slashing. The whole point is mm-hmm. like the body count. Right. So when you start, you know, when slashers start with like Halloween and shit, it's just like, okay, you got a guy, you got some folks, you got a knife, you're good. Mm-hmm. That's all you need. So then as the movies, you know, continue on and you get different movies, you know, you get fucking Jason. Mm-hmm. He gets, you know, he's got like a, a machete. So he has like his own weapon. Yeah. And it's even a little bigger, a little fucking, yeah. you know, dick measuring contest between slasher villains. And then Freddy Krueger shows exactly. up. Exactly. And he ups the ante even more. Where it's like, oh, you guys just have one weapon. I've got shing. 10 on all my fucking fingers bitch yeah. and i talk and shit yeah so it's like you keep upping that ante you know eventually you get to like saw where mm-hmm. it's just like and there's fucking machines just ripping people yeah. limb from limb <laughs> like holy fuck and final destination through a puppet <laughs> yeah. but fucking final destination had such unique kills yeah where it's like they were things that not necessarily could happen. Like they still take yeah. plenty of movie movie like licensing with like right. reality or it's like that probably wouldn't actually happen that way. Yeah. But 
it's enough of like a plausible just like something that happened kind of thing but in this case it's like you know that it's just like death is making it happen yeah he wants them so he has to fucking concoct it and how different they are from each other even where they don't even just use the same formula every time it's like customized for each person (laughs) and it's you know sometimes (laughs) it fucking takes forever for the setup to get into place like Mm -hmm. fucking todd in the bathroom yeah with the shower thing where it's like okay first he has to like nick his his uh his neck while he's like shaving Mm-hmm. And then I forget all the steps, but it's like, and then he goes, he goes and gets something and leaves something open. The wind blows something over. The fucking toilet thing starts leaking water out. Mm-hmm. And then finally. Oh, the it, wind blows over the soap or whatever. Into no, the he knocks the soap oh, over because oh, he just, right. yeah, when it wraps around his neck, then mm-hmm. he smacks all the, like the soap and shampoo shit mm-hmm. into the tub and fucking hangs himself in there. Mm-hmm. Like so fucking wild. And then the only time it ever fucking happens, death like retracts itself. Because all that liquid from the toilet like seeps back into it. And it's mm-hmm. like, oh, Todd killed himself. But then you get like Billy, fucking Sean William Scott's character. Yeah. Where it's like it, it fucking chunk of metal under the train mm-hmm. shoots it's, out and cuts yeah. his head off. And it's just like, and he's gone. Yeah. And it's like, oh, holy shit. I did really enjoy the like slow setup for the teacher. Mm. I always forget. Miss Luton. Yes. It was like a heart wrenching setup sort of just trying to get through the day, drinking her coffee, looked at the cup. And saw that it was the high school. Oh, yeah. So, so she like. She dumps the coffee. Dumped the coffee. And then she went to the freezer and grabbed the vodka and put the vodka in the cup. And the rapid temperature change oh, cracked yeah. it and dripped the vodka to All the computer around. and back to the kitchen. And then flames and she the, reaches. The computer sparks, right? The, yeah, computer sparks. And it starts the starts fire. Starts the fire. It goes into the kitchen because of the vodka trail. Yeah. And then the knives that she tries to pull down, she oh, I she was that. reaching she, for the towel. Yeah, she early in that scene when she I think she cleans up like the coffee she spilled or something mm-hmm. and then throws she, that towel over the knives. Yep. So that's later. It's like if it had been anywhere else, she could have grabbed it and not done that. Yep. That one was wild. And I love I remember even even like when first time seeing it. And again, I understand this goes against the spirit of the game, sort of. Mm-hmm. Where it's like remembering it yeah, as a kid. Mm-hmm. But I remember just being so enthralled watching the mystery unfold of, of how it's happening and why. Yeah. And in the order when he figures that shit out, yeah. when he sees how the explosion would have happened on the news mm-hmm. and he traces it out and then plots where their seats were. Yep. And it's like, oh, my God, it's hitting us in the order it would have gotten us mm-hmm. when we were on the plane. I fucking love that entire plane crash sequence. Yeah, Like that is so intense and so fucking cool. What a way to do it where it's like, it's not even yeah. like, and you see him falling asleep on the, on the plane and then a dream sequence happens mm-hmm. and then you just, it just happens. Yeah. And it you're just goes. It, yeah. And you're like, it, oh my God, oh my God, everyone's dying. That end shot where it's literally just like fire burning his face off. And you're yeah. just like, what the fuck is, and then, and he's back and he's yeah. you know in his seat and things start happening the same yeah and he like runs up to todd and then he he turns the little the little knob on the um, yeah on the tray, on the tray table yeah, and, and it, it pops off yep. just like the dream and he's mm-hmm. like holy fuck and his freak out on everyone where he just no for yeah. one pre-9-11 movie right so that hard. is one thing i checked <laughs> Because I was like, there's, oh, yeah. no, there's no fucking way that that came out after 9-11. Oh, yeah. No, and then no, I no. checked the date and I was like, oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Because fucking the fact that he's just like, 
he just bolts and he's just like, fucking plane's gonna explode, and like screaming at everybody. Yeah. And the and the flight attendants and people, they're just like, sir, you're gonna have to leave. <laughs> like, yeah. That's the extent of their reaction to it. Yeah. It's like, holy shit, this was a different time. Yeah. That this movie came from. It feels Very, like ancient history. Yeah, right. The whole beginning of that movie, I feel, is fucking perfect. But, you know, they get to the airport, all that shit happens. You mm-hmm. get introduced to the characters. Yeah, they're stereotypical kind of high school characters. Yeah. You know, Carter's the jock, and Terry's <laughs> his bimbo blonde girlfriend, <laughs> and Sean William Scott's like a dorky nerd kind of guy. Yeah. Or he's wearing like a basketball jersey or something like that, or like a hockey sweater or something where yeah. it's like people, like someone smacks something out of his hands, I think, and he's like, oh, come on, guys. Like yeah. he's clearly the like. The mm. stooge. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, the, the characterization is fun. And then you get the whole plane sequence itself. Mm-hmm. And then especially that heartbreaking moment when Todd, stay, he's on the plane yeah. and his brother's on the plane and they're dragging Alex off the plane and Carter was in a fight with him. So he's yeah. getting pulled off the plane and Terry's going with him and mm-hmm. fucking Billy was like in the bathroom yeah. and he's just, he's just trying to come back and they're like, everyone in the aisle off the plane. And he's like, what do you mean? And he didn't do anything. <laughs> yeah. He gets kicked off too. And then Todd and his brother are there and he's just like, what should I do? And his brother's like, just go, just go. It'll be fine. So he leaves his brother on the plane. Yeah. And so the plane explodes. It's like, oh my God. But that then, whole thing. And then the teacher has the guilt with the other sending the yeah, other yeah, French yeah, teacher. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, you know, the whole French thing. Yeah. Go, go, go and get on the plane. Yeah. And then that whole sequence afterwards where it actually fucking happens, Mm -hmm. which again, so fucking cool. What a brilliant moment where they're all still arguing and fighting out in the little like lobby area Mm -hmm. and Billy's watching the plane leave. Mm -hmm. And then while they're fighting in the background, you just see the, and then you don't hear anything until the shockwave shatters the window. Yeah. Like, oh my God, that was so fucking cool. Like what a moment. I wish I could see that. Like on the big screen. Oh, yeah. That movie's really well done. Like the other yeah. movies really devolve into like, let's just point the camera at some wacky shit. Yeah. But that one really felt like a movie that was like really well put together. But then even after that plane thing, I love that interrogation sequence yeah. when they're all talking to the like the FBI about mm-hmm. it. And it just keeps cutting between character to character to character, yeah. giving their their bit of it. Mm-hmm. And Todd is just like. You know, talking about his brother and stuff. Yeah. And it was real. You know what I mean? Like, when, whenever it fucking got to these other characters in all the new movies, it was like, oh, what happened? They're just like, burr, I got no time for this death business. And there's like a bunch of strangers. Yeah. And it always, it felt very disconnected. It was like, who gives a fuck about this person? Yeah. If they're going to be that much of a dick about it and fight you on it, then just be like, fine, die. What do yeah. I give a shit? It's coming for you anyway. Yeah. Nothing more I can do for you. But in this first one, it's like people you really want to save. Yeah. And that's sad thing. He loses the people he really wants to save first. Yeah. You know, he loses Todd and it's like, oh, and then even Luton, he he feels a little mm-hmm. bad for and everything. And then it's like fucking Carter. I got to yeah. deal with Carter. Right. Oh. <laughs> this is the asshole. <laughs> so many clever almost death scenes like the downed wire out front downed of wire. the uh, uh, front of Claire's house. It's towards the end, right? Mm-hmm. Where he he like grabs it or something or it's going for her. I forget how that whole sequence. There's like plays a pool out. of water or something yeah. that she's. Isn't like, it a pool? Doesn't she have like an above ground pool? Or am I misremembering? Because doesn't it? No, yeah, because it gets punctured. Mm-hmm. It like yep. like a umbrella thing in the storm. It like comes down yeah. and, and punctures it. So there's water filling up everywhere mm-hmm. and the line jumps like in around. front of where she's welding or whatever she's yeah, doing yeah, in the garage. Yeah. And he's coming. And that's where he, yeah, that's where yeah. he comes to like save her and shit. Yeah. I love the way that the story progresses where mm-hmm. it's like they save Carter, Billy dies. Now it's just the three of them. 
And Alex is like, I'm next. So I'm going to go hide out in the woods yeah, and just try to survive. And you guys live your life. I'll try my best to keep it from getting me so that it won't ever go on to you or whatever, however, whatever their plan is really going to be. Yeah. That's when he realizes the seat switch or something oh. where he's like, it wouldn't be me. Yeah. It would be clear. And then he realizes he has to go on like get her. Or something yeah. like that. I think I think that's he has what's to going go on. let her know, and that's when the whole electricity with the yeah, pool yeah, and everything. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think yes. that's what goes down. Yeah. Which is super fun, and what a wonderful little like end movie twist. Where it's like, okay, so what's gonna what's the fucking rest of the movie if he's just locked in a cabin? Yeah. And it's like, well, here it is. Here's your little mm-hmm. twist that you forgot about. Like, ooh, a little thing. Like that's 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 fun. So I'm not gonna say that it's like greatest horror movie ever, mm-hmm. but I personally would give it at least. I'd say a 78. I would throw 80 at it right off the bat. I feel like it's good enough to stand that to stand up there. Yeah. Where it's like if you're talking about 80, you're not talking about the Halloween and the thing and all mm-hmm. the, like the really, really hardcore big, big time guys. Yeah. But you're putting it above the fucking class that it's currently sitting in. Yeah. Where it's like, wait a minute, you're telling me that Final Destination is yeah. a worse horror movie than some of the really bad sequels of those like original classics. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. which I haven't even really looked at those specifically in terms of what their tomato scores are. But it's yeah, like, me if it's above that, I'm going to be real pissed. <laughs> totally incidentally, I also picked a horror movie. <laughs> Um, probably just because those movies tend to get shit on by critics. <laughs> I feel like that's an mm-hmm. easy way to sort of jump on this on this game where it's like horror movies always get fucking dicked for no reason we can (laughs) bunch of snooty bastards we can do a part two and revisit other movies (laughs) oh for sure (laughs) this one though this one hit me a little hard and i will admit again saw it as a kid saw it when it came out Mm -hmm. also the year 2000 Mm -hmm. february 4th 2000 in theaters just before mine yeah just a little bit before yours with a 39% tomato meter. Okay. And a baffling to me 37% audience score. The audience score is worse than the critic score. That doesn't happen very often. And especially in this case, Scream 3. What? Scream 3 with a 39% and a 37%. Like, I completely understand. <laughs> like just to preface it a tiny little bit yeah i completely understand the uh viewpoint of diminishing returns Mm -hmm. where it's like you go through the the, you go through it once and it's fresh and hip Mm -hmm. you go through it again especially the way scream 2 did it where it was like sort of on purpose yeah the same movie almost and like where the killer is following the pattern of the original movies so they even talk about the first movie a lot and there's stab the horror movie <laughs> mm-hmm. in Scream 2. And there's a scene from Scream played by the characters in Stab that plays <laughs> during Scream 2. You know what I mean? It, it, yeah. Like I understand that going yet another step into that sort of realm yeah. is probably going to push a lot of people away. Mm-hmm. But I fucking adored Scream 3. And even watching <laughs> it again more recently, I'm mm-hmm. still sitting there like 50% or higher absolutely i i I cannot fathom pushing it so far down i've seen people shit talk this movie online before Mm -hmm. they're they're almost self-aware but not like they're so goddamn close yeah because the way that they talk about like the end of that movie you know there's that birthday party for the director Mm -hmm. at that mansion 
And, you know, a ton of people have been killed. Sydney gets a phone call from the killer that her friends are kidnapped at this party. She's got to come and find them and save them. Yeah. Killer kind of corrals her towards this back screening room and locks her in mm-hmm. and starts playing the, the the footage of, you know, her mom and Billy's dad together and, you know, like all this backstory shit. Mm-hmm. And then he comes out talking about how he's her son, like her illegitimate son. Oh. Not not Sydney's <laughs> her mom's. Yeah, yeah. So it's like we're you know siblings. You know you're you're my sister. I'm your mm-hmm. brother. You know half, but whatever. Yeah. Um. You know all this crazy shit pulls the mask off. It's Roman, and everyone's like, "What? Like mm-hmm. Roman, the director, the guy who we saw was dead earlier, which was you know obviously a ploy." Yeah. But you know all that stuff happens, and as a kid, I just thought it was cool. I was mm-hmm. just like, okay, neat. So there's a guy, and he's kind of been behind it all because he. You know, he taught Billy what to do and he kind of pushed him on his way, you know, and he's yeah. like, who would have thought they'd make a movie of their own? Like, oh, <laughs> fucking, you know, he he put it all into play and everything. And I've seen people complain about that ending and his character and the whole sort of backstory mm-hmm. scenario as being really like cheesy and like out of left field, you know, and there's never any mention of anything about this in any of the other movies. Like there's no clues leading yeah. up to it. And it's just like, that is the point. Like, that's yeah. what the, the whole, like, the middle of that fucking movie is one of my favorite moments in the whole Scream franchise because it it brings back someone that you didn't think you'd be able to bring back in Randy, Jamie Kennedy's <laughs> Randy. Yes. With the tape. Yes. Because fucking as a kid, I I was as gutted as Randy was <laughs> when he fucking died. Yes. Because oh, that, that was... killed me. He was so fucking great. I loved mm-hmm. his performance in the first movie. I thought he was the coolest in the second movie, even though he's a geek. <laughs> but it was like, he's cool, though. But fucking goddamn, look at those yeah. sideburns. <laughs> and the movies and shit. Like, he's, he's the best. So having him die was such a fucking, so heart-wrenching. That whole fucking sequence with Randy on the mm-hmm. tape explaining the rules of the trilogy yeah which was so fucking great it was like randy's dead who's gonna do the rules scene and it's like randy yeah <laughs> like who, who else what a brilliant like <laughs> what a what a fucking movie freak concept that is yeah of like just in case i better leave my legacy yeah <laughs> he literally calls it his legacy i am yeah. leaving my legacy <laughs> 15 minutes paul damn <laughs> and it's so great too because he's wearing a shirt that he wears in Scream 2. So it's like, oh my God, was that that day? Yeah. Like it, it, it lends a little depth to like the, the lore mm-hmm. of the of the series where it's like, oh my God, on that day in Scream 2, he goes and he tapes his fucking Scream 3 yeah. tape. Like, holy shit. So as he's, you know, he's explaining the rules of the trilogy and I'll try to remember them. I know the rules to the sequel, perfect. I don't necessarily <laughs> know if I remember the rules to the trilogy. But he's like, number one, um, you got a killer who's going to be superhuman. Shooting okay. him won't work. Stabbing him won't work. By the third one, you got to cryogenically freeze his head or blow him up. <laughs> uh, number two, anyone including the main character can die, which was a big like, oh, shit. Yeah. And then number three. Doesn't that he number like, three? doesn't he make mention? That means you, to, Sid. Yeah. Yeah. And then he says, this could be fucking Reservoir Dogs before this thing is done, <laughs> which is a great <laughs> reference. What a, what, a, what a movie nerd pull. Yeah, right. <laughs> Didn't get it the first time I saw it. but Oh, yeah. And now I'm fucking blanking on the third one. But he does make a mention, I think, before he starts the rules, he's talking about, like, uh, if this is just another sequel, then same sequel rules apply. But if Mm -hmm. you find yourself dealing with an unexpected backstory and a preponderance of exposition, then you are no longer (laughs) dealing with a sequel. You are dealing with the final part of a trilogy. 
Did yeah. you find the third rule? I did. Okay, what's the third rule? The past will come back to bite you in the ass. Right. There we go. Any sins you think you committed in the past that you left there are going to come back and destroy you. But there's also a fucking fantastic moment earlier in the tape. I always forget <laughs> about it. But he's like, he's like, if you're watching this tape, then I have met my un, my like my untimely demise at the killings here at Windsor College. And also that losing my virginity to Karen Kolchek at the video store was probably not a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> and then Dewey looks to the TV and he goes like, Karen Kolchek? And Randy goes, yes, Karen Kolchek. <laughs> Dewey's like, creepy Karen? He's like, shut up. <laughs> She's a sweet girl, okay? We were drunk, we were putting away some videos in the porno section, and shit happens. So, you know, he lays all that shit out, mm -hmm. and the end of that movie is literally just doing what his fucking tape said trilogies do. Yeah. Like, that's the whole fucking point of the end of that movie being the way that it is, is like, this is... This is the way that you do like the ending of a, of mm -hmm. a trilogy when you didn't plan a trilogy. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah, there's no clues that Billy or Stu or any of that like had a had a mm -hmm. financier or a backer or someone who like told them to do it. Yeah. They, they really just play it as if they came up with it and they did it. And there's no clues left in the second movie. Also, same thing. You know, mm -hmm. no concept yeah. of, you know, a secret brother or a secret life for her mother or this or that or the other thing. It's clearly like, yeah, we came up with this backstory in in the whole in the third movie and we're trying to apply it retroactively to the rest of the series. Yeah. That's the point. <laughs> That's the whole thing. You get a preponderance of exposition, you get all this shit about Billy's dad and her mom, which you heard a little bit about mm -hmm. in Scream. But it's like, that's all That's all it needs to be. Yeah. It's just Billy's reason for doing this is because mm -hmm. he thinks that her family broke up his family. So he's pissed off and he's going to do, he's yeah. going to kill her and all that. Yeah. So it's like, that's all you need to know about that. But this movie does what all great fucking like crazy sequels, like all like the Saw sequels, where it's like they didn't plan that shit ahead of time. They yeah. looked at the movies that they had and were like, where can we fucking fit in some backstory shit yeah. to make it so that it all runs together? And that's what Scream 3 was. And I think it did it perfectly. Yeah. Like there are a couple of overly ridiculous moments. Mm -hmm. Like I will admit, like killing the guy in the house with the gas. Yeah. You know, where it's like, he's mm -hmm. he, he, like, okay, so you kill the power. What, did the killer leave the lighter on the table for him to use? Like, is he just lucky that there wasn't a flashlight nearby? He would have used the flashlight and been like, oh, shit, yeah. and not blown up? Like, that is a, a ridiculously convoluted way to kill somebody. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I give it a pass for just the fact that, like, like it takes the series to, like, its ultimate, like, meta- looking back on its own history while it's redoing it kind of thing. Fucking the whole sequence where she comes into the set for Woodsboro. Yeah. And it's just like, that's fucking the house. Yeah. Like, that's Stu's house. That's my house. Yeah. Holy shit. And just revisiting things from her own past. There's something so great about the way that it actually closes that story, which is why Scream 4 really didn't sit great with me. Yeah. I understand the whole concept of like, yeah, it's a reboot. So it's later and mm -hmm. it's not really directly related to Sydney. So her story kind of ended, but she's still in it. Yeah. But then it she's really becomes she, about her yeah, towards the end of it. Side character at first. And yeah. So it's like, eh, whatever. But I really dug the fact that it ended so definitively. Mm -hmm. Fucking that last sequence where her and Dewey and Gail and fucking uh, Kincaid McDreamy, mm -hmm. where he's there and they're all like, hey, we're going to go watch a movie. You know, and she's like, what kind of movie? He's like, well, you're going to have to find out. 
And it's like, oh, you want a scary movie? Because that's kind of what started this little thing. <laughs> and then she like turns to the door that at the beginning of the movie she like locked a billion times. Yeah. And it like, like kind of swings open. And she's just like, fuck it. Mm-hmm. And she leaves it. And it's like, boom. Yeah. That's that fucking like the the moment where it's like she's over it now. You know, at the end of Scream 2, obviously. Yeah. You know, at the beginning of Scream 3, she's a recluse in the woods. Yeah. Like living with an assumed name. Yeah. You know, talking on like battered women's calls from miles mm-hmm. away and stuff where it's like she clearly was like, I don't want anything to do with the outside world anymore. Because yeah. fucking everyone wants to kill me. And now Roman's gone. He's like the guy behind it, essentially. And now that that's all done, she can finally be yep. herself again, finally, all these years later. Because it, it, as silly as it does get at times, it does play pretty straight with like with Sydney. Yeah. Like she's never really a joke. It's like you get some gags with Gail. And especially uh, Parker Posey, who's playing mm. Gale in the mm-hmm. movie. Oh, my God. <laughs> I fucking that movie made me fall in love with Parker Posey. I will watch anything <laughs> with Parker Posey in it because of that movie. She's so <laughs> fucking funny playing fake Gale next to Gale. Yeah. And like trying to like <laughs> trying to work her like mimic her. Yeah. And like doing the same, like swinging her hair exactly how she was doing it. It's clearly not something that was thought out ahead of time. Yeah. But. It's so like lovingly crafted from the movies that came before it. I feel like it's just harsh. And I mean, it's it's specific to this, you know, this challenge mm-hmm. um, that this gets me so riled up because it's like if you fucking put Scream 3 at like a 51, you honestly don't have much of a much of an argument from me. I'm right. not going to argue that it's like the best fucking horror movie in the world. Right. Or, you know equal to the original or anything crazy Mm -hmm. like that it's just like i don't understand giving it so much shit because it's not it's not a bad fucking movie it's not that bad it's not that bad (laughs) exactly like i I don't even necessarily want to say that it's great or anything like that it's just like but it's good yeah it's a good fucking movie (laughs) i i love that as a series it's a very consistent series to me yeah. And I'm sure there's people who can argue till they're blue in the face about the inconsistencies. <laughs> yeah. But I really dig it as as those three movies and I think it 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 definitely stands up. Personally, I like with Final Destination, I would definitely give it like up an, an 80 or something. Give it something real good cuz it's like that's a fucking it's original, it's unique, it's it's one of a kind really mm-hmm. of a kind of movie. Scream 3 being a third sequel you know what i mean like even even then even when you're keeping together such a core component of it where it's like you still have wes craven you still have fucking nev campbell and dave arquette and fucking uh courtney cox yeah and you still do technically get jamie kennedy yeah and fucking leo schreiber is in the beginning Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and even though i don't think he has any lines he's just on a tv in the first movie they show him and then the second movie, he's brilliant. And then the third movie, he just has that opening sort of scene. Yeah. But it's like you have this core that goes from each movie. And it does even extend into the fourth movie just without Jamie Kennedy. Mm-hmm. Um, but having that core throughout all three of them, I feel like just holds it all together. And it's like, I don't think you can really you can definitely put one and even two higher. Mm hmm. But it shouldn't be that huge of a leap between three. Like if I get it, I, I, I understand judging things on its own. Yeah. And being like as a technical thing. But just like it's not it's not that bad. Yeah. <laughs> and at the same time, like even judging it on its own, 
you have to you have to judge it with the knowledge of what the other two movies present because it is mm -hmm. part of a series. Mm -hmm. So you you can't just say like oh every you know every movie of this series is a completely separate movie like no they all tie together the stories the characters everything like it closes stuff that it started in the first movie fucking yeah. Dewey and Gale where mm -hmm. it's like they had a little bit of a fling in the in the first movie mm -hmm. in the second movie they go even a little harder but then at the beginning of the third movie they're like wow they're completely separate and you're like oh no yeah but by the end they're fucking gonna get married and shit yeah. and they were actually married which is adorable <laughs> um i i've heard stories about what the third movie was supposed to be originally okay like 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 that stew survived the first movie and was in jail and was orchestrating the new the third movie's murders as they were happening and there was something about like a cult like, you know, oh. like a group of people and everything and hearing about it. I'm like, thank fucking Christ. We got the one we got. Yeah. Because that sounds horrible. As much as I love Matthew Lillard, as much as I would have liked to see him back in the third movie, I think as a movie, it would have been weaker. Mm -hmm. I I do want to see first what the other Scream movies are rated. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So we can really I know we keep talking about, you know, this dramatic drop in quality, but mm -hmm. we never mentioned what the other ones were rated. I mean, I have to imagine that the first movie got pretty darn good fucking reviews. So the tomato meter for the first one is mm -hmm. a 79%. That is low. <laughs> the audience score? 90. 79%. That's fucked up. Wow. I'm almost more mad. I, I mean, I'm definitely more mad about that. <laughs> but that, that seems silly to me. That should be fucking up there, dude. Like now, especially now, all oh, yeah. these years later and being able to look back on it and see you know its place in horror history like at the time you'd sit there and you'd look at halloween next to scream and you'd be mm -hmm. like oh i mean halloween's like, a classic on. scream's fun yeah but now looking back on it it's like no scream was a fucking classic yeah that is a movie that people should watch forever and <laughs> and kind of like jump started a whole resurgence it was like halloween did yeah. it and then all the ones followed and then it died yeah like fucking halloween six came out in like night i think it came out earlier that same year and it made dog shit and it was like nobody cares about slashers anymore and then yeah. scream comes in and it's just like fucking suck this dick look yeah. at this fucking movie and how fucking good it is like oh my god that's why everyone copied it yeah fucking for another decade yeah and it was just like no scream 2 is an 82 percent on the tomato meter that's fucked up it's a the audience score uh -huh. is a 57 that is also confusing. I don't even know how to parse that. Yeah. Like, I don't understand how the critics thought it was better. And I don't understand how the audience, <laughs> the audience thought, thought it was, it was that, that much, much worse. worse. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's where I would put like three. Yeah. Like I would put Scream easily in the mid 80s, 85, 86, maybe even not all the way up to 90 where it's hanging with the big boys, mm -hmm. but it still needs to be up there. Oh, yeah. Scream, Scream 2, I would say hit that around where Scream's at, around 79. Yeah. And then three, throw that down to what fifty seven, the audience score for two. Mm -hmm. Yeah, throw that around there, and I'm I'm a happy camper. Yeah, that sounds about right. I would have to pretty much agree with your ratings. I haven't seen them as much as you have, mm -hmm. so I have gone through and on my own watched them all, except mm -hmm. for the fourth one because it wasn't on Netflix or Hulu or whatever <laughs> I had at the time. But yeah, that's it's very disappointing that it was so low. Mm -hmm. Well, 
We'll be disappointed another time when we come and revisit this concept because I really do like it. You could just do this forever. You could just find movies. You know, I already, like I said, I was looking through them and I saw a bunch of movies that I was furious (laughs) were listed under 50%. Like I I couldn't fucking believe it. So I would absolutely come back and do this with another another set of movies that we pick for certain. So uh, I'm uh, I'm Jeff. I'm Kelly. And uh, thanks a lot. No, that was dumb. (laughs) 